It's time to stop dealing and start demanding. It's time to stop being PC and start being transparent and authentic. It's time to get real. Prepare yourself. It's time for Crazy and the King. Welcome to Crazy and the King. How are you, Torin? So you can put me in the good category. We had an incredible episode last week. Uh, and I got to tell you, man, um, well, before I even do that, let me just say I really am feeling good. We're in the dog days of summer, as they say. Uh, it's been hot here in Baltimore for the last several days. And it makes it even hotter when you really can't get out and like enjoy yourself. You can't get out and sit amongst people down at the water or at a restaurant for lunch. And and so I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say I'm getting antsy. I'm not trying to send anybody any negative vibes, but it is what it is. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah, I, I'm good. Um, feeling really happy uh, about the reaction we got to our story last week. Um, the, the, the peace and comfort that it brought to Melissa Hickson and being able to raise her voice more. So, well, that was a really hard story to tell. Uh, the end result is something that feels like we're helping to to make a difference and and have you know those kind of stories that we can tell when they need to be told. So I'm I'm feeling a lot lighter than I did last week. Still a lot of work to be done, but feeling kind of kind of proud of ourselves for for that really great episode. Well, I got to tell you, man, you ran it down. You 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 were the person behind that story, and so I just thank you for being a, a committed pod partner and and for. You know, even going the extra, the extra to to get Miss Hickson on the phone and 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 listening to all of that, she was just such an exemplar of love. Yes, like every every word, I just I listened to how she uh, how she communicated with you, and and I listened uh, not critically, but I I really did listen to see if there was any pain in her voice, any animosity, anger. Uh, in her voice. And she was she was purely an exemplar of love. And so uh, I say it all the time, man, black people have shown the world over how to love. And she is just she was just really um, she was incredible. But you, Julie, equally as uh, incredible from your position in that uh, entire situation. So thank you for really being uh, a powerful partner. So I I just want to tell you, man, um, look, I'm wiping my face because I hope that, you know, we want a million people to listen to our pod, but I don't want a million people to know that I did this. I sat and watched (laughs) Hamilton. Let me me tell you, I I sat and what, like, if you're going to the show, that's one thing, but I sat at my computer and watched most of Hamilton. And I know I'm late to the party, but yo, the joint was like, I was, I mean, yo, talented. They are so incredibly talented to be able to do all that they do in such a tiny amount of space to be able to memorize all of those lines Julie, I got to tell you, man, I was like, this is this is awesome. Yeah. Can I tell you how many times I've watched it already? How many? 
So I've seen it live once and I've watched it on Disney plus five times, five, all the way through five times, all the way through. Why? Why five? What is it that you're looking for? Are you looking because there was a character that you didn't get to see unfold? Are you missing something or you just simply like it? Well, I I am a bit obsessed, so we'll start there. Okay. But every time that you watch it, because there's so much happening with the theater moving and the symbolism and the ensemble um, portraying very different pieces of the story that you you don't get the first couple of times that you see it. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know, in that third or fourth viewing, you're like, oh my God, like this just happened and this is part of it and this part of it. And it just draws everything back together so seamlessly, which they do with the music. But when you see it like start to kind of appear before your eyes, just the pure intensity and thoughtfulness to think of that level of, storytelling just blows my mind. No, I, I got to tell you it for this version, this, this version of 1776 was lit. Like <laughs> I don't recall anything in school reminding me of anything that I saw on this computer screen. Like I'm like, yo, these folks are getting it in. But you know, I was a little confused because Naturally, that was a history from a long time ago. I, I've been out of high school for quite some time now. And I'm I'm looking, I'm like, I don't recall Aaron Burr being uh, color. Uh, uh, I thought that was the <laughs> so like, so you're right. I was already thrown off because I'm like, who is this person? And why is this person um, color of color? What? what I, I don't I'm, I wasn't getting that. And then I said, well, maybe it's, you know, they're not trying to to portray that they are of color. They're you simply using a cast of col- uh, people of color. And it was a beautiful thing. But let me tell you the other thing that really threw me for a loop. You know, those wire dresses that the women had, the, the big wires around the waist. Yeah. And the, <laughs> so I said, I asked myself, I said, do we ever see them women sit down like in any uh, movie? Do we ever see them women sit down? Like, cause those were real dresses from back in the day. Yeah. I, trust me. I, I could never, ever bear, especially if no air conditioning. Let me just put that out there too. No yeah. air conditioning, big, heavy dress, big, heavy, like hoops and bones in it and everything. Oh, hell no. Yeah. It was a lot happening. Fellas flying across the stage. Um, I was just like, yo, this is the, the truth. But, but, but I do have a question for you, especially now that you've watched it as many times as you've watched it. And in many ways, Julie, I can say that this has been like a YouTube lesson for you. You've had at least, at least watching it live, seeing it on, on, on the show. Cause this joint is like two hours and 45 minutes. You've had mm-hmm. at least 20 hours of dance instruction. So the question is, <laughs> can you dance? That's that's really what I want to know. All forget all that other stuff. Forget all the funkiness. I want to know if I put a song on, can you dance? I mean, I can no, groove. And, I'm, and, I'm and just saying, I'm, I'm a white girl, but I can do okay. <laughs> now I can tell you that I don't dance like my husband, who kind of dances like he's in a boy band. I, I think I'm a little better than that. Um, but but yeah, I, I can hang. I can hang, especially if it's dark and no one's looking. I'm really good then. So speaking of dancing, that's what I think we ought to do. I think we ought to make all races dance. Um, and, <laughs> and that should be like a qualification of being a racist. Like if you really want to be about that life, you need to be able to get your ass out there and dance. And if you can't dance, then you're not allowed to be a racist. You got to figure out another, uh, lot in life. Like if you can't hold a beat on 
uh, my prerogative from from uh, Bobby Brown <laughs> or you can't rock to, you know, uh, something from Michael Michael Jackson when he was, you know, if you can't keep a beat, then I think that that should be. I think we should start that as a, a, a petition. You cannot be a racist if your ass cannot dance. Like, I, I just think that's something we should consider. But speaking of racist, you got unwoke.hr. What's popping? Well, I think the question is, like, who the fuck really knows, right? So yesterday, uh, Lars Schmidt posted um, on socials that he found a website, a job board, specifically catering to those individuals who want to remain unwoke and they want to work with companies who don't believe in affirmative action, don't believe in the value of diversity and see all of kind of this as a joke uh, in terms of their their motto is let the woke go broke. And all of us white folks, presumably, uh, who are being hired on our merit We'll we'll just go on and and make all the money with these companies that don't uh, give in to political correctness or into to that kind of wokeness. It's weird. Yeah, it really is. And I actually when I saw it, I I went I did two things. I actually went first and foremost to who is dot com because I wanted to see if I could figure out who uh, was behind it. And I I figured going into it that they probably, um, you know, probably too much of a a coward, I would say in this instance, you know, to reveal who they are. And as I suspected, they have already masked uh, who they are behind it. You know, certainly there's no identifying information on the website. But then the other thing that I did, Julie, is I spent time on Twitter Mm -hmm. uh, and I started running through a number of people's um, timelines and, you know, certainly found a lot of individuals that were sympathetic to it. Um, Oh, yeah. And and when I say a lot, I don't let me try to keep it. I want to be fair, you know, but but I found a number of people that were sympathetic to the mission. They were, you know, uh, of course, uh, giving it the thumbs up. They were uh, one guy was posting, you know, job opportunities and saying that he was going to you know, continue to use this site going forward, as well as the competitor to Twitter. Um, you know, they feel like there's uh, I, I forget the name of that joint. It begins with a P. Uh, I'll try to find it before we get out. What's it called? Parlor. Parlor. That's it. You got it. Parlor. That's it. So I, I spent some time there um, and, 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 and came across, you know, just in doing that research, came across a number of individuals that, um you know, they they got different views, Ju- Julie, on racism and, and, and the work that you and I are trying to do. But but I got to tell you, that's what free speech is all about, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but there are consequences of free speech, right? I mean, the yeah. government can't control our speech, but as consumers, um, we can certainly control where our dollars get spent and who we hire and, and those kind of things. But... Let's kind of back up the conversation because I think this I think the cancel culture conversation deserves a little bit of time here. But before we we get to that, even I I just want to kind of, you know, how I am. I get a dog with a bone and I want to know what's going on. And so, you know, I went to the to look at the domain just like you did somewhere out of France through a proxy system. Um, They're actually. The the LLC is a is in a holding company in Delaware, 
And so I wasn't able to like get any further kind of on who they are. I reached out to them and said, hey, you know, if you're so proud of your wokeness, like come on the show. We, we, we want to have this conversation and nobody's gotten back to me. And but what I really thought was interesting is just some of the timing. And so I'm going to just put this out into the ethos and see if in a few months I end up being right or wrong, because I could be totally wrong. Okay. But if you spend some time on the site, you'll notice um, some very HR, TA, um, legal type of language. So they compare their site to others that work on affirmative action programs, who report to the OFCCP, who do diversity and inclusion work. And so whoever is behind this, whoever the the developer or the content writer is, definitely has a background in our industry, in in talent acquisition, because you just, it's too specific of a language. Um, And the site got picked up and registered in June and launched in July. It's not a well put together site by any stretch of the imagination. Um, But I'm wondering if all of those layoffs in the TA world um, resulted in someone finally just being disgruntled and saying, hey, I'm going to kind of do my my Google declaration on online and see if I get any engagement. Uh, And and so it's going to be interesting to see, is this just a giant troll is it actually someone who thinks that this is going to get them somewhere or is it even like a honeypot to try to get employers and or job seekers who are definitely not woke to expose themselves? Um, because I can tell you, it took me all of five minutes to find exact job descriptions, exact company descriptions, um, exact job or uh, profile descriptions on LinkedIn. Like I could find people, I could find companies and I could find active, active job descriptions. I've reached out to all of those companies and all of those job seekers kind of saying, Hey, like, I want to know why this is, is something that aligns with your values. Like it's, I think it's a fair question. Um, and also the anonymity piece does not work. And so I haven't heard back from any of them except for one. And the one that I did, I was definitely wrong on and, and had to say, so like, yeah, that's definitely not you guys. I, I, I picked the wrong bit of language to kind of look off of. So I don't want to mention anyone by name, but yeah. we would love to hear from those companies that we reached out to. It's like, you know, are, are these guys just taking up your brand and, and, and selling you, um, as someone who identifies with white identity politics or, yeah, but, you know, is this who you are? But let me let me challenge you just a little bit. And I may have yeah. misread it this morning, but I, I thought I saw that the domain was saved back in like 2016. So I, I wonder if 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 what you're saying and certainly what you're saying is plausible uh, because, you know, we're just talking about it. So I know that this site hasn't been out there for any extended period of time and it have not, you know, hit our radars. And so it hit our radars naturally because it just came online. So I- I'm wondering if, in fact, the person is disgruntled. Is, is that a possibility? Mm-hmm. Is it a possibility of a person who's been disgruntled? You know, they've they've had some degree of um, 
defection, some degree of disappointment, some some rub as it relates to DNI conversations uh, as of late from tech. Remember, they started releasing their reports in 2013. So this could have been a person who's been like, you know, look, I'm tired of this DNI stuff, but I don't really know mm-hmm. what to do with it. Uh, I, I I don't know exactly where to go. So I, I I thought it was interesting that the person saved or or the domain was saved back in 16 because that's around, you know, as I try to go through my, you know, my hip memory, hip mm-hmm. as in cool, as in down, as in I know what's popping. You know, as I try to go through my hip memory, we haven't been saying woke, woke for too long. You know, it it, it really has been like a four or five year word in yeah. our life. You know what I'm saying? No, that that's a good point. I feel like in my cool memory, I or hip memory, um, yeah. I feel like 2016 is probably the right the right time frame that, you know, during kind of the the fall election of, of 2016 is when my my brain went there. But that's a good question. Um, and I didn't catch the 2016 part. So that could, again, just be me kind of jumping to some of my own conclusions. Um, but there are definitely some people out on the intranets uh, looking to try to find out who these guys are, what they're about. And who presumably is funding them? Because the other really interesting thing here is that it doesn't cost anything. And so at all, like not to all. put the resume on, not to post a job. It doesn't cost anything. And, and, and their language is for now, it won't cost anything. But go ahead. Yeah. And so that was one of the questions I asked them in my email uh, yesterday is like, you know, what, what's the, the business model here, right? Are you going to start charging? Is there a freemium model? Is there a subscription model? And, and so there's still a lot of interesting questions, but they did, they started Twitter um, this week. They've been active on Twitter today and people who are, are closely aligned with the white nationalist movement in this country are amplifying them all the way up to, to advisors to the, to the the Trump campaign. And so they're definitely getting the play, I think, that they wanted. Um, but, you know, what does that mean? Is it is it real? Is it not real? And are the people whose profiles are showing up that I can, again, easily find by just Googling their job, um, are, are they getting hacked? Or are they really taking this place of, yeah, I definitely want to be a part of this. And and some of the profiles that I was able to word for word look at were people who were very high up in, in HR and that kind of thing. So it's interesting and a little disturbing. And I'm not sure where it's going to go. Interesting. Yeah, I'm clicking on some of the uh, job descriptions now. And yeah, I don't know what these folks are doing. I mean, they're asking for things like grit and dependability and orderliness. Like who the fuck asked for order orderliness? Like, yeah, it, it's some somebody anyway. Um, yeah. So interesting. We'll, we'll see, yeah, like, yeah, we'll see how long they last uh, and how long they will be around. Um, needless to say, yes. uh, from one from one misstep to another. So uh, how do you feel about this anonymity in the um, the journalism space? Because I know you saw the story around Tucker Carlson's top writer having to resign. How do you feel about that? Yeah. How do you feel about being able to be in journalism 
or, or in any capacity, and, and because I'm bringing it up because we're talking about the workplace. So how do you feel about people being able to operate behind anonymity? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, it, honestly, it's something that I really go back and forth about because I think that sometimes there are things that need to be said that you can't say out loud based on who your employer is or what your professional expectations are or how you want to attract clients. That being said, as a buyer of, of services, I want to know who I'm engaging with and what their values really are. So it's a tough conversation. I think that the anonymity has also prove, proven um, to be a, a greeting bra breeding ground for hate speech and misogyny and and some very scary things where people in the dark parts of the internet are reinforcing ideas and finding comfort in places that didn't exist before that anonymity existed, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And so the reason we brought the story up is because, uh, again, for those of you who are not aware one of, uh, if not his top writer, one of Tucker Carlson's writers recently had to resign uh, because he was outed as writing under a pseudonym for an extended period of time. I've seen competing stories. You know, some stories have said three, four years. I, I saw one story that said that this has been happening now for close to five years, uh, but that during the years that that this guy uh, has worked with Tucker Carlson at, at Fox, um, and by the way, Tucker has one of the most influential shows on cable news. Um, this guy has been on sites just deriding individuals using uh, a, a variety of racist rants, um, racist positions, misogynistic positions. And and they went so far as to even be able to verify similar to what you just did in the other story. Julie went so far as to verify some of the language and content on this this dark underground site, if you will, was some of the exact same language that Tucker would 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 read uh, in his broadcast, like almost word for word, verbatim phrases, sentences, uh, portions of a segment. And so my question and reason for bringing it up is what should happen to Tucker Carlson? Because this to me is the supervisor inside of any organization across the country, world even. This is the supervisor who knows that they have a toxic, racist uh, individual on staff and they do everything that they can to undergird, to enable, to compensate, to reward that activity and then turn a blind eye when the when the curtain is pulled back. And so my question to you, and, and I'd certainly love to hear from our listeners, what should happen to Tucker? Should his show be canceled? Should he be canceled? What do you think? So here's the thing about Tucker Carlson, right? He, there's no questioning, right, who he is. He openly promotes racist ideology. He openly promotes white nationalist ideology, his history and background at the Daily Caller it gives you a lot more indication of, of what his true beliefs are. His head writer, and I believe most of his writing staff, have come from the Daily Caller. And so 
this particular individual writing under a pseudonym, it's it's not that what he says is exactly as you said, that different from what Tucker espouses every single day on his show. And so Fox has made the decision that they will allow that kind of content to be aired when it's not anonymous. And so I'm not quite sure, other than public pressure, why the writer, who we, we've known who he is all along, was let go, because that that's just who they are, right? I mean, this is not like the story of, hey, I found out that my ex-employee or my current employee was, you know, doing X, Y, Z. And that's not at all associated with exactly the messaging you get, you, you see coming from our organization. It's aligned. And so I think that Tucker has proven in a lot of ways that he's bulletproof. Um, as of now, he's lost most of his sponsors. He's lost a lot of money, but he is a huge draw for that channel. And, and, and honestly, his name is starting to come up as a 2024 presidential candidate. I mean, Stop that's going. the place that we're in right now. Yeah. Are you serious about that? I didn't see that. No, I'm dead serious. Yeah. I can send you something. Um, it, it it's, he's definitely being groomed for a potential run. Yeah. Well, when you speak about advertisers, you know, his biggest advertiser is that company, my pillow oh, and yeah. the owner of my pillow, who we saw standing on the Rose garden lawn, uh, with our current president, he said that Tucker Carlson didn't need to apologize for his writer's hate speech. And actually, in the month of July, my pillow spent uh, close to half, like two and a half million dollars in advertising on Tucker Carlson's show. So uh, I, I, I think you take an interesting position in the sense of this really is who he has been on air. So why are you all mad because someone is operating off air in really the same exact way? I didn't think about it like that. And that actually is an interesting posture. Um, yeah, I, I think. So that- what's what's your opinion? You, you never you asked me the question, but you didn't you didn't give your opinion. What's your opinion about anonymity online? Yeah, I, well, I, I, I despise the anonymity online. I feel like if you can't. um I'm challenged because of how you said what you said in the beginning, almost like if you're a whistleblower, there's something that really needs to be placed in the public domain and you don't want to be associated with it. So that that's the only reason why I'm paused here. Otherwise, had you not said that, I would have said that I just I despise anonymity. You know, I don't like when I see on websites uh, testimonials that have no no name or, or testimonials that may have an initial T.E. Well, who the heck is T.E.? You know, that that's anybody. And and so I'm I'm a person who feels like mean what you say, say what you mean and live by it. And that's why, you know, I feel like organizations, companies, clients, you know, when they are having conversation with me as to whether or not they want me to come in, I've never been worried about them scrubbing my social media footprint. Never. I've never been worried about what they would find, no matter how far back they go on some of these platforms. So I just always feel like you should be able to stand by what it is that you say. So I am not a fan of anonymity. I am a fan of protecting, you know, whistleblowers and people that are putting important information out. Absolutely. But I feel like all of these platforms all of them. I think all of them should make it mandatory that 
I know who you are. Like, if I can't verify that you are a real person, you're not a bot, then you're not going to be able to operate on our platform. If you are not willing to put up an image, you know, every once in a while, if you want to put up an image of your cat or your dog or a plate of food or whatever it is, cool. But we should be on the backside. We should be able to see who is this individual. I I know folks feel like that's too much access, big government watching type thing. But I just don't believe that we are in a time where we should be allowing uh, these races to run rampant. See, I can't really control a virus. I can't. I can't fight, you know, the virus. I can't fight cancer. I, I can't fight some of this disease and famine that is among us. But I should be able to fight a racist. And and I personally don't want them to be provided operational cover. I say that all the time. So I just don't think that they should be able to operate with anonymity. Yeah, well, I think it would a bring back a lot more civility to our conversations online, and it would certainly tamp down the the rhetoric. I, I think one thing that I think is interesting, and I and I don't know that it's a disagreement with you. It's like a nuance, maybe, is that I've I've told you lots of times that I lived in this bubble for far too long yeah. where I really thought that we were much more advanced um, as a country with our diversity and, and combating racism. And if anything, you know, the last few years have opened my eyes to how wrong I've been and it's ignited the country in, a, in an interesting way to start to fight against it again. And it's always been there, but it's been hushed and it's been in conversation, you know, off in the corner and shamed into silence. And this has provided us as a country, a real awakening, right? As a, as a moment, we're going to decide who we are one way or the other. And part of that is the fact that all of this hate speech has become so prevalent in our online lives, I think. Well, I mean, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, social media has most certainly given a lot of individuals voice. It's given rise to to, like you said, racism uh, in ways where they had been silent or, or not so much so silent, but they had not been as visible. Uh, and, you know, I, I just I, I firmly believe that we can do something about it. But but if if we're going to allow free speech to be order of the day, um, you, there's a consequence to it. And that consequence may mean that you are um, challenged on your free speech. That consequence may mean that you are uh, uh, admonished because of your yeah. reckless free speech, your position. That that consequence may mean that you are asked to leave an organization. So I, I certainly feel like free speech is cool, um, but just be willing to, 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 you know, pay the price of whatever that consequence is. That's what it is for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and I think we should do an up, an upcoming episode on, on cancel culture because we're getting kind of pretty close to it, um, having that conversation. But I think it's probably worth a deep dive because there are a lot of very different opinions out there. And honestly, I'm not quite sure where I land on it in its entirety yet. I think that would be a fun 
kind of weird DNI discussion. Well, I got some learning to do because I'm not real up on the cancel coach. I mean, I know the phrase. I know that folks are quick to cancel some folks like real quick. Um, but I, I got some learning to do. So certainly I'm willing to take the, you know, I'm willing to take the journey. If you want to do it, we'll, we'll do it. You know, you and I can agree to that offline. It's not a problem um, because I okay. think it is something that's happening and, um, you know, it has its pluses. I'm sure it has, um, you know, some minuses, if you will, but it most certainly has some pluses. You got a name drop? Um, I do um, okay. to the Evergreen Network. So it's official. We have joined the network over at Evergreen. And I, for one, am super pumped up about um, being a part of the network, but also being part of the HR and, and talent acquisition uh, lineup that they bring to the table, Chad and Cheese, uh, the talent cast, Jim Stroud show and wow. uh, and and Matt Alder show. And so I'm, I'm pretty pumped up about that. They're just such a strong lineup. And the, the team over at Evergreen has been so amazing in helping us get transition and set up and, and really set up for success. How about you? Yeah. I gotta, um, I gotta check out Matt Alder. I don't know him, of course. I know everyone else uh, in the lineup that you mentioned. I don't know Matt Alder, and I'm going to spend some time getting familiar uh, with him. My shout out goes to, uh, well, you just mentioned him, the talent cast, James Ellis. Um, I'm looking at his book, which is sitting on my desk. Talent chooses you. Hire better with employer branding. Uh, it's a thick read, man. I, I didn't know he had it in him. You know, he's he, he's got some <laughs> things to say. I'm opening up right now. 312 pages. 300. You know, let me tell you. And the words, trust me when I tell you, you better go to 7-Eleven and get some of them glasses. You know them little glasses <laughs> that says 7-Eleven over by the bubble gum. You got, or they, mm-hmm. sell, they probably got them sitting next to the oil. You got to get those glasses from 7-Eleven because the words are small. However... He did a great job of laying it out on the pages. So shout out to James. I'm going to be rocking with him on Monday uh, afternoon. You know, James is with Universum and uh, he reached out to me. We're going to do a uh, webinar titled Love and Process. Now, where in the world have we heard that before? Uh, That's your man. I love that phrase, love and process, two of the most powerful words in our lexicon. And when James called me, he said, Torn, A, I want to rock with you. And B, um, are you are you okay with me using something that you have been saying, you know, since I've known you? And so I'm honored, happy that I'm going to be rolling with him and another one of his peers from the organization. So, James Ellis, you are my name drop for the week. Oh, yeah. I am pumped for that webinar. I've actually got about half my team signed up for it and said, there's no way we're missing this one. So we'll we'll be there. Good stuff. So listen, we'll be back next week for each and every one of you. You can follow Julie on Twitter at Julie Sowash. That's J-U-L-I-E-S-O-W-A-S-H. Julie Sowash. She drops good information every single day. Uh, Trust, if you want to find something from a political standpoint, she'll give you a little bit of that. Me? Nah. Torin Ellis on Twitter. I don't do too much politics because I don't really have the patience. But you can follow me on Twitter as well. And I close each and every week just reminding you to be a better human. You know, make sure you have an awesome week. Be a better human. And make sure when you have people on your team that are acting like the folks on Tucker Carlson's team, you make sure you help them uh, get to a position where their badge no longer works at the front door. We don't want them in our workplace. Catch me on SiriusXM. 
Channel 126, 1 p.m. on Sunday. For now, we are Ghost. See ya. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out.